I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, we all have to stand up for what we believe in and talk about our faith, our values, our beliefs aggressively and directly. And I think it matters. I think for every woman who's had to endure a bad boss or a bully, you know, you stand up for yourself. And if you punch them in the nose, you, you will stand stronger. We are here with the Hollywood Life podcast, and we are so excited. We've got a very special and very accomplished guest here today. We are here sitting in our office with United States Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, and she is from the great state of New York. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be on your show. Well, thank you very much. Oh, there's, and there we are. There's your fans. (laughs) They're so excited that you're here today, too. And we've got so much to talk about. I mean, this is such a, um, I think, a historic time, really. Very much. With We're seeing things that have never happened before. We're kind of, um, you know, norms, political norms. I think American norms are breaking every day. And I want to start right in with something that I heard you say when you were um, the keynote speaker at the Variety Power of Women event a couple weeks ago here in New York. And um, you said, I believe that there's right versus wrong in this country and in this world. And I believe that what's wrong is winning right now. Mm. And that really impressed me. And I want to know, what what do you mean by wrong? Like, what is the wrong that's winning right now? Well, I think it's a lot of what's coming out of the White House and this administration. I think the fact that this president has used his power and position to divide this country further, to continue to talk about building walls, to continue to talk about moral equivalencies uh, when you're talking about racism and racists. Uh, It's crazy that he continues to attack the most marginalized in society and and undermine basic civil liberty liberties for all sorts of people. Uh, let's just look at a couple. You know, he's trying to ban transgender troops from serving in the U.S. military who are already serving today and saying that your sacrifice is not worthy. That's outrageous to tell that to a member of our armed services who's willing to die for this country. The military seems to be ignoring him on that, though. Yeah, so I was able in the armed services to elicit testimony from each of the service chiefs to say... No, we've seen no problems of good order and discipline or unit cohesion problems with our transgender troops. In fact, we've seen zero incidences of that. And General Mattis had the audacity to then testify that they're not in a position to know. Are you kidding me? You know, they demand that commanders be in charge of everything, demand that they decide whether or not a sexual assault has happened. And I've been trying to take that out of the chain of command for a long time. 
but they're not knowledgeable about whether there's good or discipline within the ranks. It's outrageous. And so it's just one example. But you, you add to that the Muslim ban, the fact that he doesn't want Muslims to come to this country. This country was founded on the notion of religious freedom. And so to make that a, a, a statement and a policy from the White House is also very concerning. The fact that he's taken on the freedom of the press, the fact that he takes on the independence of the judiciary or the independence of the Department of Justice. He's just undermining norms and he's doing it through a lot of division and hate. And, you know, my view of what's happening in the world is that a lot of these negative views and, and values he's just putting into the ethos of this country. And if you ask uh, law enforcement in New York State, Hate crimes have gone up exponentially since this president's been president against all groups, anti-Semitism, uh, racism, bigotry, anti-LGBTQ, uh, everything. I know, because he's made it okay. He's, he's Things that, we, that yeah. people learned were not good, mm-hmm. were wrong, were repressed, and he's just opened the door. Right. And my view is what makes this country great is that we've always cared about one another, that we actually believe in the golden rule, that we want to treat others the way we want to be treated. That is a part of the United States, our democracy, how it was founded, our ethos. That's why we have public schools. It's why we have uh, public hospitals. It's why we build roads and bridges and rural broadband, because we believe everybody should be treated the same. Uh, But really what makes our country extraordinary is when we care about others more than ourselves. And that's what Trump has tried to destroy. And so when I say I believe there is right versus wrong and wrong is winning, that is what's winning. This wrong narrative of hating each other, of building walls, of dividing and marginalizing and and name calling. I mean, just this basic, simple simplicity of trying to make someone feel terrible for who they are. It's wrong. And as a mom, I, I, you know, I have to, I face that every day with my kids, trying to teach them how to be strong and good and to care about one another and not just care about themselves because that is not who we are as a country. Right. Well, that's, that's the, the thing is that he's actually, okay, so we're looking at a situation where basic American values of honesty and acceptance and welcome, mm-hmm. caring about others are, yes, they're being destroyed on a daily basis. But why is he having such, such success? Like, why are so many people willing to accept this? Like, they would never accept this if they had a boss that lied constantly or that sexually harassed them. Mm-hmm. Like, they would not be happy about it. And they would not be happy if their children were being bullied. So why are they willing to accept this from a president? I don't know. But what I do know is that your listeners, uh, the women who are hearing this podcast, are going to change that. The fact that women are so mobilized today to do extraordinary things. The fact that millions of people, women especially, marched right after the inauguration and have continued to march, showing up at town halls, writing letters to members of Congress, uh, making phone calls, and running for office. You know, we've seen an upsurge in women who are running. We have great organizations like Higher Heights and Vote Run Lead and Run for Something uh, that are doing grassroots organizing of women to be candidates, training them, helping them raise money, helping them elevate themselves. We have almost 400 women running for Congress alone. And that's a huge record, isn't it? Yes. And if you add Democrats and Republicans, over 400 women running for Congress. It's amazing. And that's a 
unusual because uh, for a lot of women, they've looked at running for office as something they don't want to do. They want to do public service. They'll work for charities. They'll work in their communities, work on school boards. They'll do things for other people always. But running for office was something they might say, hmm, not for me. I don't really like the nastiness of campaigns. I don't like the negative campaign ads. I'll serve in some other place. But right now, because of all these attacks on values and, and people, I think women uh, especially are feeling this so intensely that they're willing to make whatever sacrifice matters to undo what President Trump is doing. And that's exciting and revolutionary and powerful. And so you're going to see a huge trans- transformation in this country over the next year. Well, I sure hope so. Now, you know, traditionally, young people, so millennials in this case, have not voted in the same numbers that older people have. They only voted about 50% of them voted in the general election that we had in 2016. And in midterms, they've traditionally only voted like 20%. But why is it like just so critical um, in a way that will affect their lives personally for them to get out to the voting booths in November this year? Like, are you seeing, Could are we just one vote away on the Supreme Court from getting a, um, from losing our rights to actually be able to get an abortion in this country. And are we, have we already lost? Like, I think a lot of women have already lost in their insurance. They're they're, um, being able to get birth control paid for, pregnancy coverage paid for. Like, those were things that we got under Obamacare and that women are losing across the country. So these things are, like, there are changes that are literally affecting them in their personal lives, aren't there? Very much so. If you take away the mandate... Uh, if you t- in the tax vote, there was a provision that took away the mandate that you must buy into some kind of health insurance. When you take away that mandate, what's going to happen is the price of health care insurance is going to go up. It's going to go up across the board. And it's already gone up. It, it's already gone up. And uh, and taking away the requirements of what providers have to offer, I mean, it's going to change. And so what was happening before we had Obamacare, meaning women were charged more for the same health care, um, a lot of things weren't covered, uh, that they could be discriminated against. I'm worried that's all going to return. And what we really need is to have something like Medicare for all. I mean, if we could just have one not-for-profit public option where anybody could buy it at a price they could afford, it would bring the cost down. It would cover all basic things. It would just transform the market because right now we're just feeding the insurance industry enormous profits. And why do you need that middleman? You don't. Uh, Money should go directly to your providers, to your doctors, so you could get the services that you need. And so I think there needs to be a further transformation of healthcare in the months and years ahead where we actually fight for Medicare for all. So we could actually have the hope of some kind of single payer down the line, some kind of not-for-profit option, which doesn't have to have the fat profit of insurance companies and CEO pay and marketing and all this stuff that costs enormous amounts of money that should be spent in healthcare. So that's what we are going to see a debate about what this country should look like, how we can actually make healthcare more affordable for more people and cover more things. And I think the way to get there is a Medicare for all uh, push. But to your point, I think women are essential in this election. I think they are already showing how important they are. Black women won that race in Alabama. I mean, their turnout was so high. Right. And, and the thing so is, so determined that it made a difference. Right. And young people have, have kind of felt like, yes. oh, it does. I mean, we saw this a lot when we were 
you know, trying to get them yeah. to vote in the last election, the presidential election, they would say, well, all politicians are the same. It really doesn't matter if I vote. No, it it's really not going to make a difference. Yeah. And now they know. And the good news is we've seen in the special elections, in these um, uh, local elections, we've seen an uptick in voter turnout among young people. In some races, 10% increase. Good. And same uptick in women. In some races, 10% increase. So we're really seeing different people turning out to vote who share our values and will fight for these basic rights uh, and these norms that we've, all, we've frankly always taken for granted, that we would constantly be moving towards equality, towards more inclusion, whereas President Trump is moving towards less inclusion, dividing the country, separating uh, uh, people out, not fighting for the middle class, not fighting for working families, not fighting for people who need opportunity. And so... I think the young people, uh, your listeners, uh, young people across this country, women across this country, they're going to make the difference. And I think because of their activism, we will flip the House and we could possibly flip the Senate. And if you can do those two things, you can stop the worst things that this president wants to accomplish. Senator, I think that is probably really, really important. But haven't I think we've seen historically after big presidential elections that two years later, there usually is a sort of a backlash to that in yeah. the and the United States Congress. And the, the bigger challenge seems to be in two years after that when there's Trump is up for re-election, right? And if the economy is still humming along and crime rates are still falling for some reason that we can't really understand, but he's still able to get demagogues That he had issues. nothing to do about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just if Americans aren't really feeling it in their pocketbooks, you've mentioned a lot of really important issues, but I mean, how do we, how does the Democratic Party, your party, oppose him without sinking to his level in some way? Well, I think it's about vision and it's about passion. And it's about who you are and who you're fighting for. Uh, and, you know, I believe that healthcare should be a right, not a privilege. I believe that every person who's willing to work hard should be able to work their way into, middle, into the middle class and be able to have the American dream. I believe that we need to change how we educate our kids and make it affordable, uh, get rid of student debt, uh, be able to... Well, he's also taking... Listen, they're taking away money from public education right now. Yeah. So, they, I mean, look at the so teachers what striking. What Betsy DeVos is doing, she's taking away Title IX protections. I mean, they Which, are undermining public school education which means that women that women's sports and activities are not going to get the same funding anymore that men's no correct? kidding and they're not going to enforce uh rules and and oversight over sexual violence like they're not going to investigate those cases uh there's going to be no possibility for justice it's really problematic but i disagree with your statement that the economy is humming along because the stock market might be humming along but I don't think the economy for a lot of people is humming along. Well, unemployment no, and is low, right? I, well, it's low, but, but that's not real unemployment. Yeah. That is that is an indicator based on a lot of factors, but not actually what people's lives are like. And all those voters who voted for President Trump, particularly those who might have voted for Obama twice, a lot of them, some of them voted because of his race baiting and his horrible you know, racist remarks about build a wall and all that narrative. But a lot of them also voted because some of them didn't feel like the economy is working for them and they have not recovered since the financial collapse and they're working two jobs and they have a special needs kid and they can't get the education he needs and they can't get ahead and they don't believe their kids will have the same chance to earn their way into the middle class that they did and their son's addicted on opioids and their lives are really in 
a challenge. Right. And, and so and the economy isn't working for everyone. And so we should be talking about how do you make the economy work for everyone? How do you get to real full employment? Well, he promised them, like he promised them that he would give them a tax cut and put this extra money in their pockets because you're right. The wage, wages, we may have lower unemployment, but most people's wages have not gone up. And they're underemployed. So you're talking about both unemployment and underemployment. And even let's just say you have a national unemployment rate of 4%. Well, among African-Americans, it might be 8%. And 8% is a lot. And that's that's the stated unemployment. That's not real unemployment. And it doesn't even count for underemployment. So we have a lot of more work to do to help all our communities. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Grow and, and be fully employed. And that, take, that, that requires better training, better access to apprenticeships, better access to good jobs. And I think we should be talking about how we get to full employment and, and having a real jobs program that can make a difference. Uh, and doing simple things like having postal banking. And for a lot of people, maybe your listeners, maybe not, a lot of Americans are unbanked. Like they don't have access to a bank. And if you don't have access to a bank, then you are prey to those payday lenders, predatory practices. If you need to send money to family somewhere else, they'll charge you 30% of what you just sent them to just have the right to send the money. So if you let every post office in America, that there's 30,000 of them, actually provide checking accounts and saving accounts and some very low, low interest loans, you're going to transform people's lives. And for a lot of women who uh, might want to start a small business, will never get access to capital to do that. But if you have these changes in how the economy works for everyone, you're going to make it stronger. And so I think talking about issues that actually help people to make their lives better and help the economy to grow and help them get a better job and one that pays more money and they can provide for their kids, that's what we should be talking are about. Right. Sure? But, these, but these are, you know, these are all like su- such important points. But I think the problem is, is that Trump has such a loud bully pul- yes, pulpit and such a I'm loud voice. About. And he says everything so generally. And he says that I can fix it. Day one, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that with me. I'm going to make you rich. I'm giving you money. Right. And people don't seem to be capable of hearing the detail. Like they never asked him for details on his policies. Right. Got elected with no details. And his base Hillary, still doesn't care. Yeah. But- Ele- but we don't have to win his base to flip the House mm-hmm. and the Senate. But there's people in the middle who voted for him, like white women voted for him in, right. and, in large and, numbers. And, and it's changing. So like if you look at the vote turnouts from all of the special elections and some of these uh, most recent elections, white women are voting less for the Republicans. So you're seeing a shave off. Uh, white men who did not vote for Democrats are staying home. So there is a, you can see it in the actual data. Who's voting? Who's fired up and who's trying to change the world, it's Democrats. It's the grassroots. It's women. It's young people who are working overtime to not only turn out their votes, make sure everyone they know and love votes, uh, but to be heard. And you're seeing it across all platforms. You're seeing women uh, using social media, this podcast, um, groups like um, um, The Skim. Like they're, they're, they're creating narratives and 
and conversations with young people, with women, to say your voice matters, your vote counts. And you may disagree with everything President Trump says, and he might have the bully pulpit, and he might have given a trillion and a half tax cuts to the wealthiest Americans, but one place where you're equal is in the voting booth. Exactly. You have the same vote that any banker has, that any billionaire has, and you can change who represents you because of that vote. And if you mobilize everyone you know and love, you can actually win that election. And that's actually what What's happening today? Yeah, and that's, that's so. Why despite his bully pulpit, and despite that some people still believe all the BS, people are angry, frustrated, and and willing to work overtime to make sure they can elect a candidate that shares their values. Well, that's why you know we want you here today, and why we're spending a lot of time on Hollywood Life telling our readers about mm-hmm. actually how to register to vote and right. why they need to vote because. That's the first step. Yes. I want to ask you about this tweet. Like Donald Trump, he went after you. And I think it's emblematic of what everybody, and I think like a lot of women are facing when they run against him. So you called him out. You asked for his resignation because he's been accused of sexually harassing at least 15 women, if not more. And he responded by tweeting. Harassing and assaulting. That's right. And assaulting. Um, he responded in a tweet, lightweight Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, a total flunky for Chuck Schumer and someone who would come to my office begging for campaign contributions not so long ago and would do anything for them is now in the ring fighting against Trump. I mean, it was appalling and he was called out by many people, but you had a great comeback. You responded, you called him right out and said what it was, a sexist smear intended to silence me and I'm not going to be silenced on this issue. And that's what he has done is he tries to um, silence, humiliate, embarrass Mm -hmm. anybody who opposes him. He bullies. Yes. And so you, but you stood up for against him. And what did you learn and what can the Democratic Party learn from standing up to him? Like what strategy? Because he's going to be going after all of you in the midterms again and then again in 2020. Well, we all have to stand up for what we believe in and talk about our faith, our values, our beliefs aggressively and directly. And I think it matters. I think for every woman who's had to endure a bad boss or a bully, you know, you stand up for yourself. And if you punch him in the nose, you you will stand stronger. Uh, I mean, not, not literally. physically. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, so, but literally. Secret Service is now looking into that comment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you push back and you speak out and you fight back. And that's important for all all young people, all women, because that's what a bully does. They try to marginalize you. They try to silence you. He was trying to silence me. He was trying to silence the many women who had just done a press conference against him, retelling their stories. And he's trying to silence the millions of women who have been marching against him since he was inaugurated. So the the message to us is do not be silent. Do not stop. Do not give in. Do not give up. Keep moving. Keep going. Keep speaking out. Keep running. Keep helping a woman who's running. That's what's going to make the difference in this country. Now, how would you respond to Kanye West? Did you did you hear about what he did? He went on. OK, he went on live TV. Um, this just happened like a day and a half ago. And he said that slavery was a choice. 
and he went on this on this television show. It was the TMZ television show. It was live, and with a, a right wing commentator called Candace Owens, who I really hadn't heard of before the last few days. And I went through her tweets mm-hmm. because she's got you know quite a large following. She's on Fox News all the time, and she calls the Democratic Party an ideological slave ship. Yes. Well, her point of view is that um, African-Americans have to stop being victims and the Democratic Party caters to them and makes them feel entitled and gives them all these benefits and that makes them victims. But I'm bringing this up because he's got a large following of young people, Kanye West, and he brought just brought into the the cultural discussion and the political discussion, like ideas that I think most young people have never thought of before, like that, you know, that slavery could be a choice and that somehow that getting help was a bad thing and to lift you up. So uh, I, I disagree so strongly. I mean, those are outrageous comments and that is not the American history. That is fact. Um, slavery was the worst scourge this country has ever seen. Y- you have stories of children, babies being ripped from their mothers. Um, being in bondage your whole life. And interestingly, I'm writing a book right now about the history of suffrage. And I've highlighted some women who've done extraordinary things in making sure we could end slavery in this country, making sure black people had the right to vote in this country, and then making sure women had the right to vote. And I've read the stories of what Harriet Tubman did to escape slavery, to free her family, to free loved ones, constantly going back into danger, having the courage and determination to do that. This is a blight, a... a, it's, it's a horrible mark in our history. And and it was never a choice. And, and, and of course it's not. These people were enslaved. Are you kidding me? And the story of Sojourner Truth, who was the first black woman, former slave, to go to court and win a case against a white man to get her son back. To get her son back. Imagine today your son is enslaved and you 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 have to fight with everything you have to to win his freedom. That's what these women did and endured, and they're extraordinary. So I think that's not the right narrative. And what we really have to deal with is the fact that we still have institutional racism, that the, the real challenge of today is the effect of institutional racism on the opportunities that African-American kids have in this country. There's a study that was just published that said if you are an African-American male, even if you were raised in a middle class or affluent household, the likelihood of you going to poverty is so much higher than anybody else because of institutional racism, because of the challenges you will have. So we have to de- we not only have to deal with that, we have to fix it and we have to make it right because everybody in America, our values are that everyone in America, regardless of what block you're born on, regardless of your race or your gender, regardless of your religious beliefs, regardless of whether you have resources or don't, you have the right to have basic civil rights and civil liberties in this country. I think that includes access to health care. I think it includes access to a good education. And I think it includes access to a good job. Just to have that opportunity should be a human right in our country. We believe in the and dignity it, of work. Right. And, and if you're not making that possible through the right policies, through funding those job opportunities, funding those um, training programs, you're not leading. And I think that what's happening today is a revival of 
what we can do to make this country fairer, um, more honest about what are the real challenges in this economy. And if we just keep papering it over and keep investing in the wealthy and investing in ownership as opposed to work, you know, we don't even reward work in this country, which is why we don't have a living minimum wage. It's why every time, I mean, it's just a story from the Wall Street Journal. When American Airlines said, we're going to give a pay raise to our employees, the Wall Street analysts said, that's outrageous. The first dollar should be going to shareholders. That's how people think today. That's what's taught in business schools. And it's not right. It's not right. We should be investing in our workers. We should be investing well, in our Then they'll have class. more money to go and buy more stuff it and fuel makes, the economy. It makes the economy grow. Exactly. Now, I, we want more women to run for office. They are more running for office. Just tell us, how did you make it work? Like you're a mother, you've got two sons, they're teenagers, you've got a, a marriage, like you're managing all this. And I think, as you said, like a lot of women don't think they could do this. So they absolutely can. Women have been working and taking care of kids since the beginning of time. It's what we do. We're very good multitaskers. And so the challenge for most women is to find the right balance for their lives, to do a good job at their jobs, to make enough money to provide for their kids, but also be able to have time for your kids afterwards and make sure that you can be there for them and be a good mom. I have it a bit easier than most working moms because I get to run my office. So if it's not unheard of me to say, I'm not going to take a meeting before 9 a.m. because I'm going to take my kids to school, make them breakfast and make their lunches and, and not to have a meeting between five and six so I can go pick them up. A lot of women, a lot of workers, do not have that flexibility, do not get to set their hours. And those are the women I fight for because I know how hard it is. And I know how hard it would be if I didn't have that flexibility. That's why I'm fighting for equal pay. It's why I fight for a national paid leave program. It's outrageous that we are the only industrialized country outrageous. in the world that doesn't have some form of paid leave for all workers. And so whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a parent or your spouse is ill or you have a sick child or you have a dying parent, you need the flexibility to be able to be with them at those family moments. And we don't have the possibility to do that. So if you're a low-wage worker and have no vacation or sick days, you're particularly disadvantaged. And so we need to make it for everybody. It can't just be for good employers. It has to be for all employers. And that's why when I wrote a bill about paid leave, I want to make it an earned benefit. I want it to be something you carry with you, whether you're working for a part-time or full-time, big company, small company. And if you actually bought into it, like you buy into Social Security, you would have it when you need it. And it's not expensive. If the whole country did it. Right. It's and you're talking here about like pay, two bucks a week. paid pregnancy leave. Any which, kind of any kind of or leave. Family like, leave. Family leave yes. for like a baby, but also for a dying parent. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us are going to be squidged between having kids and very ill parents. And if we don't have vacation days or sick days and we don't have any paid leave, we're going to have to make tough choices whether to quit our jobs and provide for our kids or be there with that loved one. And that's a choice no person should have to make in this country. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And at two bucks a week, you can afford that. Everybody can afford it. Your employer can afford it. It's not a lot of money. $104 a year? 
That's so the bottom line is you say women should not be afraid to run for office. Correct. They can make it work. Yep. And right now, very important, get out there and support the women that are running, running, that are running. Support Senator Kirsten Gillibrand because you're running. Yep. And you know, can they go to your website to find out more information about your all your platform, yep, your platform, and can they volunteer to work for you? Absolutely. Okay, guys, volunteer and make sure you register to vote and get out there for the for the midterm elections. Thank you so much, Senator. Thank hey, you. Thank you, Senator. Thank you.